Heavenly Father, we do thank you for all the blessings you give us. Um, we just, Lord, we pray that we would use what you have blessed us with to, to bless others. Amen. Uh, we'll continue in John chapter 20 this morning. And we'll be once again looking at verses 19 through 29. <clears throat> so the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has been called the hinge pin that all of history swings on. And all four of the Gospel writers speak of it. All four Gospels give multiple proofs that the resurrection actually occurred. Jesus Himself taught the disciples that He would die and that He would resurrect from the dead. The, the resurrection actually happened. It is an historical event that actually occurred. Jesus was nailed to a cross. He really did die. He really was wrapped in linens and placed in a tomb. And He really did rise from the dead. Uh, with, without the resurrection, the, the death of Jesus would mean nothing. Without the resurrection, Jesus is just another criminal that, that died on the cross, like so many others in, in Rome. Now, without the resurrection, there's no hope for us. But since Jesus actually did rise from the dead, uh, because He actually did rise bodily and He lives today, we can have forgiveness for our sins. Uh, without the resurrection, His death on the cross means nothing. Now, I, I don't think the disciples understood this. Uh, they loved Jesus. If you think back to John 6, uh, Jesus gives the bread of life discourse. He, you know, he says, I am the bread of life. And He calls people to follow Him. By the end of that discourse, almost the entire crowd had left. Uh, the only ones remaining were the twelve disciples. And, and Jesus looks at them and says, well, what about you? Are you going to leave also? And Peter says, to whom would we go? You have the words that lead to eternal life. They, they gave everything to follow Him. They were happy to do it because to some extent they thought this was the Messiah. But they didn't fully understand what that meant, did they? They had their expectations of what Messiah should be. They had their preconceived notions based on their desires. And so when the tone changed and Jesus started to talk about His death, they stood back and, you know, well, hold on, you know, hold on a minute. What, what are you talking about? You know, you can't die. The Messiah can't die. And, and if he were to die, you know, I'm, I'm sure they thought, you know, if the Messiah is going to die, it's going to be in some uh, victorious battle, you know, dying to save the nation in that way, you know, at, at the point of a sword. But Jesus came as a meek, humble, son of a carpenter. He said from the beginning he was going to die and they didn't want to hear that. And so he died just as he said he would. And, and the disciples were shocked just as he knew they would be. 
And they saw him die on the cross. They, they saw his, his lifeless body placed in the tomb. And certainly they thought, what now? And Scripture really doesn't tell us what the disciples did uh, between Friday and Sunday. We have some record of what some of the ladies did, but we don't know what the eleven disciples did. But come Sunday morning, the tomb was empty. Uh, the, the Lord began to appear to people. First Mary Magdalene, and then the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And, and the people who saw the Lord, they went and told it to the eleven disciples. They told them they, they had seen the risen Lord, and at first the disciples didn't believe it, but then the Lord appeared to them. Now, we know the first time the Lord appeared to the disciples, one of them was missing. Right? Who was that? Just doubting Thomas. Right? Isn't that how we know him? You know, we, we know him as the doubter, almost like that's, that's his first name. Well, this, this morning we're going to take a look at Thomas and see what we learn from him. So I, I hope you have your Bibles open to chapter 20. And as I said, I'm going to begin reading at verse 19 and I'll read down to 29. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands. Reach here with your hand and put it in my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are those who do not see, and yet believed. Heavenly Father, as we come to this passage, as we continue to study Your resurrection from the dead, I pray that, uh, that we study Your Son's resurrection from the dead. I pray that... I pray that... Uh, we would realize the importance of the resurrection. That we would understand that without the resurrection, there is no salvation. 
uh, that we would understand that because the Lord Jesus rose from the dead, we can have forgiveness in His name, forgiveness of our sin in His name through His shed blood on the cross. What a joy and what a wonderful truth that is. Amen. So when the Lord appeared to the disciples in the locked room, Thomas wasn't there. We're, we're not told where he was. We're just told he wasn't there. The other disciples went to him and told him they had seen the Lord. You know, they're, they're excited. They want Thomas to know that the Lord is alive. He has risen from the dead. And Thomas says, look, I'm, I, I can't believe that. You know, unless I see the imprints from the nails, unless I touch him, I will not believe it. And with that, we call him Doubting Thomas. Right? I mean, this is how we know him. Doubting Thomas. But think about this. How did the rest of the disciples respond when they were told that Jesus was resurrected from the dead? Mark 16, we read, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he cast out seven demons. She went and reported it to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping. When they heard he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. After that, he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along uh, on their way to the country. They went away and reported it to others, to the others, but they did not believe them either. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were re reclining at the table. He reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. So was Thomas the only one who doubted? Not according to, to what we read in Scripture. The, the Lord reproached the eleven for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Not just Thomas. But we always remember Thomas's doubts. So what do we know about Thomas? Not a whole lot. You know, we see his name in the lists of disciples that we see in the Gospel. And John, in his Gospel, tells us more than anyone else about Thomas. Uh, think back to John chapter 11. Remember in John chapter 11, the Lord's friend Lazarus is sick. So Lazarus' sisters send word to the Lord asking the Lord to come and, and heal their brother, you know, his, his dear friend Lazarus. Well, there were a couple issues. Number one, Lazarus is in Bethany. Bethany is very close to Jerusalem. And the last time that they were in Jerusalem, the Jews tried to stone Jesus. Um, the Passover's coming, so there's going to be a, all the Jews are heading back to Jerusalem. So it's not going to be a real Jesus-friendly town at this time. You know, they 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 want him arrested or they want him dead. So he's been staying away. Remember, he's been out in the Judean wilderness. 
but now he has been asked to come and help his dear friend Lazarus. So the second problem, the disciples don't know this, but the Lord knows. What's the second problem? Lazarus is dead. Right? So the Lord tells the disciples, all right, it's time to go. We're going to go see Lazarus. Do you remember who gives the pep talk to the disciples? Now, how many people watched the football game last night? The, the Ohio State game. Okay, if you watched the first half and the second half, it was two different games. Uh, apparently the coach gave one incredible pep talk during the halftime. Um, Thomas gives the pep talk here. The disciples say, uh, Jesus, the last time you were there, the last time you were in that region, they tried to kill you. Yeah, I think we ought to just stay here. And then they get this pep talk. Who gives them the pep talk? It's Thomas. He says, hey, let's go along with him. Why? That way we can die with him. I mean, isn't that, isn't that a great pep talk? Let's go along with Jesus. Jesus is going there to, to Bethany and they want to kill him, so let's go with him and we'll die there with him. You know, the, the Jews have been wanting to kill the Lord. This time, Thomas is certain they're going to be successful. And Thomas says, hey, let's, let's go along and die with him. That's encouraging, isn't it? But that was That was Thomas. Thomas had a deep love for the Lord. It's obvious that, the, that, that Thomas loved the Lord. As one commentator has said, Thomas's love for the Lord was so strong that he was willing to die for Jesus. And his faith was so weak that he was certain he would have to. John chapter 14, another very familiar text. It begins, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If, I, if it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Do you know the next words? Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Again, there's poor doubting Thomas as we know him. And he is right there with the Lord. The Lord is telling the disciples he's going away. He says, I'm going to my Father's house to prepare a place for you and I'm coming back to get you myself. And he says, you know where I am going. And Thomas asks the question any one of us would have asked. Um, we have no idea where you're going. How could we possibly know the way to get there when we don't even know where you're going? And so Jesus responds with that familiar statement. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You know, of course, you know the way, Thomas. The way is Jesus. The way to God the Father is through God the Son. The, the way to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit is through the Son. The way to have forgiveness is through faith in the Son. And then the next time we 
we hear from Thomas is in the text we're looking at this morning. So, so John gives us more info on Thomas than anyone. And John shows Thomas to be in the midst of things during some pretty well-known times in the, in the Lord's life. We often think of Peter as the spokesman for the group. And Peter is, but, but look at the things Thomas says. He's encouraging the disciples to go follow the Lord to Lazarus, even though it might mean their death. He is the one who asks the question that leads the Lord to say, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So, so as we come back to our text this morning, think about this. These things, Lazarus, the, the, Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, happened within weeks of the resurrection. Lazarus died just before the Passover. That incident led directly to the Jewish leaders deciding it was time to kill Jesus. Jesus saying, I am the way and the truth and the life, took place in the upper room the evening of his arrest. So it's not like this is something that took place years ago. This, this all happened in a matter of weeks. So as we return to our text this morning, let's remember where we are. The Lord died on Friday. Sometime in the early hours of Sunday, He resurrected. He was seen by Mary Magdalene. He was seen by the disciples on the road to Emmaus. He was seen by the, the, the eleven minus Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. He didn't see the Lord. We don't know why. The text doesn't tell us why. We just know he wasn't there. Uh, this, this chapter of John, the, the 20th chapter of John, is all about the resurrection of Christ. As I've said multiple times, without the resurrection, the cross means nothing. If Christ hadn't risen, his death would have just been just been another among the countless crucified people at that time. Without the resurrection, there is no Christianity. The, the Apostle Paul made the necessity of the re resurrection very clear in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You're still in your sins. Then those who have also fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Jesus came down from the cross. Right? He's no longer on the cross. They brought Him down. He died. He came off the cross. The, the sacrifice is finished. The resurrection is the proof of that. We can have confidence in Him. We can have confidence in His finished work on the cross. We, we can have salvation in His name because of the resurrection. Again, Paul says, if, if Christ hasn't been raised, your faith is worthless. You're still in your sins. Do you, do you see the importance of the resurrection? 
This is not a side issue. This is the issue. There is no salvation without the resurrection. Romans 10, Paul says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, Belief in the resurrection is tied to salvation because, once again, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then His death didn't accomplish anything. He claimed He was the Son of God. He claimed to be able to forgive sins. He claimed uh, equality with God. He performed miracles. He knew the thoughts of people. He raised the dead. He said He would give His life as a ransom for many. He proclaimed He was sent to seek and save the lost. On the cross, He cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God does not share His glory with anyone. Period. Not because God is arrogant, not because God is proud, not because God is a jerk, but because He is so much above us. God is pure. God is without blemish. God was without even temptation to sin. It's not that He doesn't want to sin, so He doesn't. It's that there's nothing within God to tempt. Jesus said the devil has nothing in him. You know, there, is, there is nothing within God that Satan can appeal to and tempt to sin. We're not close to that. Right? We, we can't say that. There's, there's no comparison between us and God. When, when Moses asked to see God's glory, God put him in the cleft of the rock. And he covered Moses' face until, until God passed by and then he allowed Moses to see his back. God is so glorious that we can't even look at Him. You know, we, we can't see Him face to face without perishing. He shares His glory with no one. So when Jesus died after making all these incredible proclamations, after saying He was equal to God, after saying He was dying to pay for sin, He, he would not have been raised from the dead unless He was telling the truth. Why do I say that? It's a sin for man to claim equality with God. When the Jews accused Jesus of blasphemy for claiming to be equal with God, they would have been right if he were not God. They were right to respect the holiness of God in that way, and honestly, that's something we don't do enough of. We don't respect the holiness of God like we should, but... The Jews should have investigated the claims and the works of Jesus and realized that, yes, He really is equal to God because He is God. Jesus would have remained dead and in the grave if He is not God. And so it's the the resurrection that proves all of the claims. Again, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the most important event in the history of the world, one of the most important events in the history of the world. And John spends a great deal of time giving us proofs of the resurrection. John wants to make sure that we as his readers know the resurrection really occurred. He gives us first-person testimony of witnesses to the resurrected Christ. And it's not just a bunch of people who saw him and automatically believed. 
Mary Magdalene talked with Jesus for a time before she even knew it was Him. Not only that, but Mary Magdalene is a woman who at that time in history would not have been equal to a man when it comes to being a witness in a court case. Then the disciples on the road to Emmaus, they had a complete Bible lesson from the Lord. I mean, they even went up to Him and said, are you the only person that doesn't know what has happened in Jerusalem? Because, you know, they're going on thinking about the crucifixion and they look to Jesus and say, are you the only one who, hasn't, who doesn't know what happened? They had no idea it was Him. He gives them a Bible lesson on the road to Emmaus. They invite Him in to stay the night with Him. They sit down for a meal together. He breaks bread and prays and they realize it's the Lord. He showed up in a locked room where the disciples were and they didn't believe it was Him. Scripture even tells us He rebuked them for it. Well, some people didn't recognize Him at first. Some people didn't believe it was Him. They thought it was someone else. Uh, then we come to Thomas. Thomas wasn't there when the Lord came to the disciples the first time. And Thomas says, unless I can physically touch Him and see it for myself, I'm not going to believe Thomas was skeptical that the Lord had risen from the dead. Now, I believe Thomas was hopeful. I think he wanted it to be true because he knew what it would mean. I think Thomas knew that if Jesus had risen from the dead, then every single thing Jesus said was true. Thomas knew that a risen Jesus is a vindicated Jesus. Now, how do I know that? Verse 28 of John 20. Thomas says, My Lord and my God. Thomas knew what the resurrection meant. As soon as Thomas had the empirical evidence that yes, this is Jesus, he knows what that means and he proclaims that Jesus is Lord and God. They, they had called Jesus Lord for some time. And you know, Mary even came and said, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas makes it clear. He says, my Lord. And look, Jesus is His Lord. Jesus is your Lord if you know Him as Savior. You, know, you don't make Him your Lord. He is Lord. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Not only is Jesus Lord because of the resurrection, Thomas now makes the connection. He is God. Everything he said was true. This, this proclamation by Thomas, honestly, is incredible. We, we often hear about doubt, doubting Thomas, and he did doubt, but that's a good thing. Thomas wasn't a yes man. Thomas was not going to take someone else's word for it. Thomas wanted to see for himself, and because the Lord gave him this opportunity, we have this incredible proclamation of the deity of Christ by Thomas. And the Lord says to Thomas, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are those who did not see and yet believe. Jesus doesn't rebuke Thomas there. 
He, he lovingly meets Thomas where Thomas is. Thomas saw the crucifixion of Jesus. He should have believed what Jesus had said about his own death and resurrection. That's real easy to stand here and say, isn't it? Thomas was there and Thomas saw it. He and the other disciples knew exactly what happened during a crucifixion. Thomas knew Jesus was dead. So there's only one possible explanation if he is now alive. He is God. And Thomas knew that. Thomas was not going to take the other disciples' word for it. Apparently, they hadn't made the connection yet. They hadn't made that connection between his resurrection and his deity. So Thomas wanted to be sure for himself. Look, because Thomas doubted, we can be sure. Because Thomas insisted on touching Jesus, touching the spots where the, the nails were, and touching the hole in his side, we can be sure that yes, this truly was Jesus. That though he died, he lives again. And we can know that Jesus is Lord and is God. The, the Lord told Thomas, because you saw me, you believed. Because Thomas saw Jesus resurrected, he believed that Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit revealed this truth to Thomas. But today, we don't get to see Jesus. We don't get to, to place our fingers in the spots of the nails. <clears throat> so the Lord says, <clears throat> Blessed are they who did not see and still believed. If you know the Lord, if, if you know Jesus, if you know Him as Lord and God, if you know Him as Savior, Jesus is speaking of you in this verse. You are blessed to know Him and to be known by Him because it means the Holy Spirit has revealed that to you. The, the Holy Spirit has worked in your heart and caused you to know that Jesus is God. Caused you to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Caused you to believe that His death on the cross completely paid for your sin and caused you to repent and cry out to Him in forgiveness. So have you done that? Have you asked for God's forgiveness for your sin? Have you trusted in Jesus' death on the cross as a full payment to God for your sin? If not, why? If not, will you do so this very day? And, and if you say, yes, I need to do that, come see me after service. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what an incredible truth it is that the Lord Jesus was resurrected from the dead. I, I don't think that we meditate on that truth enough. I don't think that we spend enough time thinking about what the resurrection means. Without a risen Christ, there is no salvation. But because we have a risen Christ, we can have forgiveness through the shed blood, through His shed blood on the cross. And I feel like 
poor Thomas has been treated badly over the years for his doubt. And certainly, Lord, he shouldn't have doubted. But through his doubt, we can know that yes, this was Jesus. This was him alive again, resurrected in body after the cross. What a glorious truth that is. I, I just hope it's one that would permeate our hearts and would cause us to have a deeper understanding of, of the Gospel. A deeper understanding of who we are in Christ. A deeper understanding that yes, our sin is forgiven. We are, we are not to hold on to it. We are to repent, we are to set it aside, and we are to move on from it. So Lord, if, if any here has not done that, I, I pray this morning, if any, if there are Christians here this morning who are holding on to sin, uh, just holding on to, not necessarily the sin, but not trusting in the forgiveness and even this very morning, they would know that as far as the east is from the west, He has carried that sin away. And we simply need to repent of it, ask for forgiveness of it, and, and move away from it, turn from it. Lord, if there are any here who have not trusted in Your Son, if there are any here who have not trusted in, in Jesus as Lord and Savior, have not trusted in Him for the forgiveness of their sin, have not placed their full faith in that death on the cross as the full payment of sin, and believe that the resurrection is the, the proof that it is paid for. Lord, I pray even this very morning that that the Holy Spirit would be active, the Holy Spirit would be bringing sinners to You. And even this very morning that sinners would be saved because You receive all of the glory. Lord, we are just thankful to, to be witnesses of it. So we thank You and we praise You. Amen.
Heavenly Father, we do thank you, we praise you, and we do give glory to your name just for all of the, the wondrous things you have done. Lord, I pray as we go forward this week that, that we would spend much time with you. Lord, that is, that is what we truly need. Amen.